This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! This week, we have a loaded show where we check out the demo for One Piece Odyssey. A new Nintendo Switch controller gives us nostalgic memories of the GameCube. I also talk about my favorite game controllers ever. While Dragon Ball Z Kakarot expansion premieres today, we also learn Saudi Arabia is owning a percentage of Nintendo and a few other companies as well. Fans are speculating what Ed Boon and NetherRealm are planning for the next Mortal Kombat project. And in our final stage, it is the battle of the female ninja games as I review Samurai Maiden and Neptunia Cross Senra Kagura for the Nintendo Switch. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Welcome back to another game-filled edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I'm your host, Xavier Josiah, and as I said, I made it. We got another show in before I head out. As uh, if you guys heard the previous Prime show that I just did uh, with the Way of the House Husband review, I mentioned that I wouldn't be doing a Prime show because this is my birthday weekend, celebrating 46, y'all. And... Uh, I decided that I'm going to take off, of course, you know, travel, have fun, eat, do all types of things, hang out with my wife and, um, you know, just enjoy everything. Just enjoy everything that has been in the past and enjoy hopefully what's to come. So with that said, I had to at least get one show in and that show is this because we got a, quite a bit of news to talk about. As I told you, this is going to be a loaded show full of information in the world of gaming. And on top of that, in our final stage, I don't have just one review. I have two reviews, but the reason being is because these are two very similar games and with a, with a similar theme, similar genre of, uh, you know, gameplay. And I felt best to, you know, compare and contrast because, and it's funny too, because one of the games I actually had, but never reviewed. And I wasn't going to review that game because it really, you know, it, it was what it was. It's like you play one, you played them all. But then this other game comes out, which is very similar to this game. And I felt like there were some contrasting things that I think it's worth noting. So I decided to bring on both and do a compare and contrast to see which one I thought was better. Now, if you're into these type of games like Senra Kagura, which is a very popular cult, you know, type of favorite game series is out and it actually has an anime that's how popular this show is and it it's one of those really fun etchy type of shows and for those who don't know what etchy is etchy is kind of a term used in anime to say provocative or perverse if you will so basically when you match 
you know, if you ever watch uh, high school D&D, that's kind of, that's what you call ecchi. Um, you know, in this case, this is Shinra Kagura, which is known for being, you know, an all female ninja group. But the these every one of the characters in the game just happens to be really cute and well endowed. And there's a lot of kind of provocative things that goes on with this, you know, with the premise of this thing. And um, so, you know, they had a game series. I, I've been playing these games all the way dating back since the Nintendo, the, the Nintendo DS and I'm um, really fascinated with the game from a visual standpoint. You know, I yes, I mentioned that they were well endowed. It's not because of that, but just because of how beautiful it looked on a DS in you know in terms of like just the anime style and character uh design and everything and just the, the presentation of it i really really enjoyed it and it was and actually for what it's worth it's a lot of fun it's a, just a really you know it, it doesn't require anything any complexities to it it's just it's a great hack and slash platformer you know and now they have neptunia cross Sinra Kagura, which was the latest installment. It's a, it's a uh, crossover between the t uh, two popular games. And I, you know, I didn't really think nothing of it. It was just like, well, I'll review this. It's pretty much the same thing. This is what I play. It's a little different from the normal Sinra Kagura games. But, you know, then Sin uh, Samurai Maiden came out just recently. And I was like, this is really, there's a lot of similarities to this, but there's some differences as well. And that's why I decided to say, like, look, I'll review both of them to compare and contrast as to why I think something may be a little bit better than the other and what one lacks or whatnot. So if you're into those type of games, if you're into those etchy type of anime, you know, themed games, this is an episode for you. So stay tuned. And if you, you know, been big fans of Sinran Kagura, stuff like that, you know, stay tuned. Uh, our final stage, we'll be talking about that. You know, if you're interested in buying it, I'll give you a reason why or why not so stay tuned for that as well and we got a ton of news to talk about like i said we're, this is a very loaded show so far be it for me to miss out on this because there's a lot coming out today this week and down the line i'm gonna let you know all of the games that i will be you know checking out soon as well so let's get it started let's see what we can talk about first um oh before i do I really got to do this. I have to do this because I'm like I said, I'm not doing a prime show this week, but I got to thank X fan expo um, because they, you know, fan expo, which, you know, formerly known as uh, wizard world. And they, um, they put out a post recently and for fan expo, Philadelphia, which is uh, coming out, you know, pretty soon this year, a um, lot of big surprises. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm definitely going because a friend of mine will be there. Uh, I will not announce that yet because I talked to this person and they let me know. And I was like, all right, bet this is happening. We're going to get together. We're going to connect. I'm more than happy to, you know, attend. But on top of that, unbeknownst to me until one, um, shout out to Melody. If she's listening, uh, on our ACMG Facebook group, she tagged me on this. I had no idea that they did this, but I was featured on a post uh, on one of their posts and it just and they posted it on IG they posted it on Twitter they posted it on Facebook with me asking a question or something in, in one of the Q&A's I believe judging from what I had to look at it for a minute to see which one because I I remember last year you guys could see um, you know video footage of some of the places I went to last year on my year end um, review video 
but they took a picture they they uh took shots and highlighted shots and i looked at it and some of the based on some of the people and what they were cosplaying it was the my hero academia q a and i attended that q a solely because i wanted to say hi to the cast who i actually had a chance to you know moderate with uh in 2021 for repop um so they were coming and we were seeing i get to see them live we got to you know re unite for the first time in person so i thought that was pretty awesome and it was really cool to see them i don't know what happened but during the time i do i don't remember what question i asked i do have the audio uh when i did that i i do i gotta look back at the audio to see what the hell what question i actually said during that time but and i do remember me being a little bit more comical you know and, and you know a little bit entertaining towards it and joking with them and people were really just linked onto it i guess but lo and behold they took a picture and they took a shot you know I, I guess one of the fan expo people were in there they took a shot of it and i guess it was good enough for them to post on the actual page i don't know if it was jerry or whatever one of the guys there i don't know i don't know who took it and decided like we're going to use that to post as an example but they posted it and asked you know what was the best panel question that you heard at you know fan expo or the you know or you something to that nature which you know was implied that like okay they took a picture of me talking to somebody you know talking to the cast over there i guess that made an impression on on uh them enough to say like you know take a picture of this dude i don't know what led to that but it was a great surprise i really enjoyed it it, was, it actually really made my day um it was i was having one of those days and then i seen that and it was like oh this is this is pretty awesome this is pretty damn awesome this made my day thank you for that i you know i don't know if you realize what you did but that really you know warmed my heart just to see that and you know it's one of those things that like when you don't think people are paying attention to you then you see stuff like that and it's like boom like okay <laughs> thank you fan expo as always and thank you again for the opportunities that you um you know allowed me to have last year you know especially with brian o'hollering it you know as such too it was just it was an awesome 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 time one of the i dare i say one of the best times i had at a fan expo a bit you know because it was wizard world in the time since um the first time i ever went to it they you know wizard world was the first comic book convention like major comic book convention i ever went to and i went and that was the time when i was like okay stan lee's gonna be there i gotta meet him and i got a chance to meet him and and such and it was great um and i've just been i never looked back i've been going to comic book conventions ever since so it was really awesome you know that this was happening and this happened so I'm, I'm looking forward to this and what they got going on this year you know they already mentioned san rami is coming so uh and i know another person who's going to be coming that people are going to be excited about so uh this is going to be interesting I, I i can't wait i cannot wait i'm looking forward to it so we'll we'll check it out but thank you again that fan expo for that awesome awesome thing uh for you guys to do all right let's get into some gaming news people i did play one piece odyssey would they have a demo out right now if you're interested in playing one piece odyssey and want to know you know what you think of it whether it's worth checking out you know go out of your way check it out the demo's out now for all the systems or all right for at least xbox and playstation 4 and 5 and, and such so it's out now i got a chance to check it out because i didn't get a chance to check it out i took footage of it at new york comic-con but i never really took the time to you know 
check it out because I was just going through everywhere. Um, I wanted to check it out because, you know, it, this version is a RPG. It's a, you know, it's a turn-based RPG and I'm usually iffy. I'm picky about my RPG, my turn-based RPGs because now I'm actually getting into turn-based RPGs more than I ever did. And one of the best turn-based RPGs I've ever liked that I really truly enjoyed more than anything is actually um, Fairy Tale. The combat is so fast-paced. I really enjoyed it. I was, I'm hoping, and then also I would give Persona Five credit too. Um, I, you know, really got into that one too. But um, this one seems to play up to more like, you know, Persona Five, and that's not a bad thing at all to mimic. Um, it was fairly fast-paced. I know there's more to it than that. Um, my only gripe. And I could be wrong because by the time, you know, it's out today. That's also out today, I believe, too. And they could change it because I remember when um, Dragon Ball Breakers, they did the demo to that. They didn't have the the um, English audio. And then all of a sudden, when it came, when it released, the English audio was added. But I know based on history, when it comes to One Piece games, the English cast never makes the game. I don't understand this. I and this is part of it, it part of it partly pisses me off because I really enjoy there's so many fans who love the 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 uh English cast. And for some reason I I, I think it's budgetary reasons. They don't hire the English cast to do it. And I think it's a major mistake, especially when considering they recently came out with uh One Piece Film Red, which was said to be a really good a really uh good success in the theaters and I think it's just it, it's it's uh it's a bad beat for them. They they never get the the rub to you know do the voices over. I, I own quite a few One Piece games, and none of them have the English cast on there. It's always Japanese uh, cast. It's always in subtitle. So it, as much as people enjoy the Japanese cast as well, and luckily we do enjoy the Japanese cast and 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 their uh, performances as well. We gotta show some love to the uh, to the English cast because they, which which by the way, like most of them are the cast members from Dragon Ball Z and other great animes as well, and My Hero Academia and such. Like, come on, give some love to One Piece for once, and I hope that's the case. Um, as far as me getting it, I don't think I'm gonna get it now. Like, I could have really just bought it now because I'm going on a spree right now, but I just decided like that's not gonna be the one I get um, at this time. But I do hope that when I do down the line that they will have the English audio because those guys deserve to, uh, to be on to do a damn game or two. And the fans deserve to have that game experience with the cast in there. I just I never understood that. But for what it's worth, I actually enjoyed what I played in that game. Um, I really hated the fact that you couldn't save because it was like you could you had to play through the game in this completion and if you stop the game you pretty much got i never heard of a demo that did they, like most demos do allow you to save the progress in here because i think you could usually transfer that data over to the main game and just keep up with that but for some reason they didn't allow you to do that and i had some other things to check out and do and you know watch so i just had to turn it off but regardless that's irrelevant the fact is i 
did enjoy what I played, but um, I'll, I'll be looking forward to playing it down the line. So um, if you are looking to check this game out yourself, the demo's out, go download it. PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S and uh see for yourself i think you if you're into um jrpgs i think you'll enjoy this and it looks from from a visual presentation it looks fantastic so um i one thing i want to do before i go on with the other you know news segments i do want to say that uh and i didn't mention this in the beginning when it when i was talking about the uh final stage i am now adding a new grading system like i've always graded the uh the games before but it was just on perspective it was just like off of the blue of like what i think but now i wanted to do it technically based on a certain category so from this point on and this is a work in progress so you know some subjects some some categories of the grading system may change uh as we go along but for the most part it's very effective i you know put together a actual grading system and like literally an excel sheet that allows me to you know put in you know uh percentages and figures to get a actual grade out on what i think and when i did it it actually worked exactly the way i needed to and i got the results that i um was expecting so for now we're going to be doing that a lot and it's going to be based on some categories i'll go over it on our final stage but just letting you guys know we're going to be doing things a little bit different now and i actually if i'm correct i actually said i was going to do this definitely a few episodes ago like way way few episodes ago and uh now it's 2023 we're going to change it up and you know make it a little bit more concrete here so just acknowledge that all right dragon ball fans dragon ball c kakarot if you've enjoyed that game they are giving you more as of today the bardock expansion saga is out and not just i thank goodness because i thought it was just only going to be out for playstation and xbox consoles not the case it is out for the nintendo switch it is actually downloaded onto my switch as we speak um because they never advertised it for the switch and i'm like what is going on here what's i know i know that you know dragon ball on the playstation 5 is getting the upgrade that allows you to play the playstation 5 version of it so that's a free upgrade for that but they haven't really said that you know giving switch any acknowledgement here and i was a little bit worried but not to worry just this morning when i woke up i looked and uh checked and it is available uh the expansion is 1999 but also the full season two is 40 dollars because there are now going to be two more story expansions that will be coming out as well after this um i don't know if it's going to be big as this or not but we'll see but the expansion known as Bardock Alone Against Fate is here officially right now. You can download it as you speak, as we speak. Um, you get to relive the history of one of Dragon Ball Z's most prominent stories involving the father of Goku, also known as Bardock, one, a lot of people's uh, favorite character. Uh, you will fight your way through hopefully to hopefully save the planet Vegeta. We, we don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious there after discovering that frieza is looking to destroy the planet and all of the sands in it the game is out now season pass is also available which includes the other two story arcs they haven't announced yet uh but they did put a silhouette and and they did put a silhouette giving you an idea of what that is and judging by the silhouette i'm guessing it is going to be based on 
the tournaments, the the uh, Piccolo Saga, the King Piccolo Saga, um, right around the time when Goku grew up into a teenager, and which is kind of one of my favorite um, moments in the Dragon Ball universe is like the kid Goku now becomes a teenager and you know and Bulma and the rest of the guys didn't even recognize him because he's like so much older now and it was one of those milestone moments for Dragon Ball where like we realized that they're not going to stick to the same you know things anymore that this show is going to progress it's going to grow up and this is one of the only shows the like literally one of the only animated shows or animes to really it, it actually not just it was one of the first because before that we never really saw any animated characters grow up like even to this day in, in america family god simpsons you name it you know bob's burger all those kids and everything stayed the same age and when dragon ball came out and then they started moving on to in the Toriyama started you know evolving the characters you know age-wise it was game-changing it was it was revolutionary in a sense because it's like not only did he did that but i mean changing of clothes and all this stuff and everyone we get to see these people live and from dragon ball we see it now on other shows as well now naruto especially and and other great anime shows uh series we now went through i think we're like three or four generations end with dragon ball because it's goku then gohan and then gohan had kids from there and now that kid those kids are growing up as well so it we um we went through some stages with this series and one of the first stages of this is the king piccolo saga from so we're gonna i think that's gonna be the next one because it looks like it the shape of the silhouette looked like teenage goku for now and that was right before he got married to Chi as well during the uh tournament so I, I, I'm wondering if that whole thing's going to be covered. A lot of people are actually aching and pleading and wanting the one of the story expansions to be the Tournament of Power, because I, a lot of us want to play as Ultra Instinct Goku. That without question. So hopefully, if they don't have those two there, then maybe if there's going to be a season three, please. If this is going to be an ongoing thing then somewhere down the line we gotta have ultra instinct goku you know i i would say that or beast gohan story arc from the recent uh superhero deal but I, that's way too far in advance but the tournament of power storyline please bring that because that's that would be so freaking awesome so all right moving on to nintendo news here new switch controller arrives in the form of a classic gamecube design as uh, a design group or a development group called uh, Nexus, spelled N-Y, Nexi, I should say, spelled N-Y-X-I, uh, has brought us the Nexi Wizard, which is a highly inspired controller by um, classic Nintendo, uh, one of Nintendo's classic and ambitious controllers from the GameCube known as the Wavebird, uh, which many claim that that was the best nintendo controller ever and i had to think about that i've played my fair share of game controllers from nintendo as well that might actually be true i mean i do like the joy cons right now and the joy cons despite has had his drifting issues still in terms of comfortability and such wasn't bad out definitely wasn't a fan of the, the nunchucks um yeah, you know what? 
I mean, and didn't the I, I never never was a big fan of the, 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 uh, the Nintendo 64 controller, but it was still playable and functional. Yeah, they may be right. <laughs> I think fans may be right. I think the the GameCube controllers and the Wave Birds would not it would, may have been the best. So, you know, this company decided to celebrate and pay homage to that by creating a controller that mimics the same thing. Unlike the original GameCube controller, this one has more ergonomic um, ergonomic design to work with the Switch controller. It, it detaches and everything. The company also claims that the Nixie Wizard will not experience any Joy-Cons. Now, as they, as they say and claim that, I want to point out and note that my recent Joy-Cons for the Nintendo OLED or OLED has not drifted since its purchase which was all the way in october 2021 and, and in fact i had to realize that a year later i'm like i'm still playing on this controller back in 2017 when i first brought the nintendo switch the original nintendo switch that i own which i retire now the one that side with yoshinori ono's autograph on there i had to buy so many damn joy cons because of the drift issues with that now and not only just I did I had to buy new one, it was rather I bought a new controller or I brought a kit to change the actual analog stick, which was kind of fun to be honest, to be able to do it. Just took, it took me back to the days of when I used to have to take apart the Nintendo Entertainment System and all this stuff, or just you know kind of reverse engineer stuff, <laughs> whatever. But it was annoying after a while because the money that you keep paying for those Joy Cons, man, it's not cheap. But I will, I will, it's safe to say that the Nintendo OLED, I have not changed. I'm still playing on the same controller when I bought it in 2021. So much so that the actual analog thumb, thumb is worn out and I had to put a cover over it. So that's how really much I've been playing on it. It like, it, it really drained out. I really do need to get a new um, controller for that. But the other thing is too, I bought when I brought the OLED, I was cautious. So I was like, all right, if this thing has a drift issue, I'm going to be prepared this time. So I bought an extra Joy-Con controllers for the OLED. I have not used them to this day. I have yet to use them. Uh, you know, one, because I didn't like the color. I really do like the light, the white color in there. And since I'm going to New York, I'm wondering if I'm going to stop at uh, Nintendo New York. And if they hopefully they'll have a, another white one, because if it is, I'll I'll replace that because the thumb, like I said, the thumb is just totally out. <laughs> I really I worn that damn analog uh, stick out like you wouldn't believe. But, it, you know, the cover that I got from Amazon really worked out for that. But nonetheless, uh, it still works. So, I mean, if you are a fan of the classic controller, definitely. Now, I will say. I wasn't a fan of the design of the GameCube controller. Well, even though it worked really well, my issue was if you play a fighting game with that thing, you can't because of the button layout and the button design, you can't play a fighting game. Now, you can't play a 2D fighting game with that. I do recall that and remember that Soul Calibur was on a GameCube, the one where they had Zelda as a hidden character. This was the the Soul Calibur, I think Soul Calibur 3. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but Soul Calibur, one of the Soul Calibur games where each version, like there was an Xbox version, there was a Nintendo version and a PlayStation version. The Xbox version had Spawn as their special character, which I so, I was so pissed off 
that they had they were able to play spawn and then the nintendo uh version had link on there which was all right it was all right but come on spawn seriously and the playstation had the worst character of it all no offense because i do like this character in tekken but using heihachi dude where was kratos at the time i don't even think god of war was even created during when uh that game came out but kratos came out later as a special character in the PSP version of Soul Calibur. It was like, but that was like the lame of Soul Calibur of it all because it, it didn't give you the presentation that you so desire. It was, I hated that. I hated that Soul Calibur game. Not that because it didn't play like Soul Calibur. It played really good. It was just, they didn't give you enough. They, it, there was not enough content in there to really, you know, fulfill fans of that genre. It was just a, you play as you go type of thing it was just it was really lame extremely lame. um so the button layout the whole controller is not meant for fighting games at least not you know 2d play, uh, games like that and the way they got the d-pad which is like far below and you got the analog stick on top so i don't know if i would for me personally if i would get it because um the, be the best thing to use for that game was like wrestling games wrestling games were so well done with that game controller because i remember day of reckoning was uh one of the games that you get to play on it, it was day of reckoning and one of the uh kaneko man games that aki came out with and you were able to play that and it it, it played really well with that type like 3d games is really good for the gamecube controller 2d fighting games not so much so if you're a fighting game fan and you got a whole library of fighting games don't plan on using probably that controller to do it so um but you know when it comes down to controllers you know i i had to really think about what was some of my favorite game controllers to this day i i've thought about it wrote a list not like a top 10 list or anything this is not in any order or whatnot but um i really thought about that and some of my favorite you know looking back like some of this the super nintendo and famicom controller was really well done um one of the first games you got to play like street fighter with and street fighter played really well despite it didn't have now that's not true it did have a six button controller um it was a six button controller back then for that it wasn't the first six button controller but it had it was capable of being able to handle street fighter and the street fighter on the Super Nintendo was a much better port than the one on Genesis. And um, really, really, really enjoyed playing with that controller there for just not just Street Fighter, but for any, I started basing all controllers on how well it can it can handle fighting games because fighting games at the time was, was a very complex genre. And at the time they didn't have controllers that can really measure up to the complexities of fighting games because now you, you got Street Fighter who uses multiple buttons to do certain things like a button for a jab a button for a long you know hook a, a button for an uppercut maybe or something like that and then you got three leg buttons at that there were no other games with that type of complexity at the time until street fighter came out so it forced game companies like sega and nintendo to step it up and from this point on people don't talk about this but capcom possibly is responsible for the way that we're playing games because of street fighter before the Street Fighter came out, there was no need for multiple button games. There was only two buttons that you need for these games. And Street Fighter changed that. And not only that, it changed Sega as well. I mean, Sega had to step it up 
Nintendo had to step it up and games so forth and so on from that point because Street Fighter was such a popular game. It, you know, you had to have a Street Fighter in your system. And then also you had to have a controller to, to be able to be compatible with it. And it was responsive to handle the the um, the movesets and the, and the control schemes that they were providing. So there was that. And then also like any PlayStation controller I've ever played is, I would say if I had to do a ranking system, PlayStation for me is the number one game controller, period. Not just for fighting games, for, for anything. They've been always been the most comfortable, responsive, you know, um, cohesive controllers I've ever played. To, it doesn't matter which one. For, uh, PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, even now, PS5, all great. I know they were talking about there's some drifting issues. I didn't really experience that extremely, but I've enjoyed every like that the the new um the 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 uh the play, PlayStation 5 controller is amazing. I know they got the new Edge controller out now and I'm really interested in seeing how that, you know, fares. I have no doubt about that. But um man, that is a beautiful beautiful controller. It's always been great. And now with the Rumble Pack, you know, the way that it handles and the rumble capabilities it's just amazing it's an amazing deal so um nintendo switch i'm gonna say i'm gonna add that as a controller as well i mean yes again we just spoke about the drifting issues but with that said when it's not drifting it's a very good controller it it, it works better than it should work you know they nintendo's all about innovation and they always have something innovative about it now you know when i first read about the Nintendo Switch and what it was going to be able to do. I'm like, this is going to be awesome if it actually works. And it does. And they did have issues with it when it first came out in 2017. But now, like I said, the OLED, I think, really troubleshooted a lot of the issues that it, that the Joy-Cons had and now really does play. Surprisingly, with the... I, I'm still not a fan of the D-pad situation because it's just two separate, four, uh, like four separate buttons with directional issues to it. But with that said, playing Street Fighter, very fluid experience. I have no issues with it. It's very responsive. It reacts to everything that I do, no matter whether I use the analog stick or the deep or the or their version of a D-pad. So I have no issue with it. So I got to count that in. GameCube controller as well, you know, despite the fact that you know they didn't have a lot of fighting games for the gamecube but with that said the controllers the the games that they did have with it played extremely well for that so i had no problem but honestly one of my favorite game controllers growing up is the sega genesis six button controller and that was one of the first six button controllers that was on the market and this really told people that we got to step it up because they're about to come out with Street Fighter. They needed a controller specifically for Street Fighter. That, that that controller was for nothing else but Street Fighter. And it was the Street Fighter, their version of the Champions Edition, which I really enjoyed because despite the fact they couldn't really put out a perfect port of the game, it had other bells and whistles that allowed you to enjoy the game from a different aspect. And then the controller that they came out with, the six button controller they came out with, was very, very well done. Uh, very responsive, very fluid, smooth. Everything worked. I was addicted to playing that game for so much. And then again, because of Capcom, 
other games will force they forced other developers to come out with games that will utilize the six button game control scheme kudos to capcom <laughs> they are forever embedded in history for that um the sega dreamcast controller was absolutely designed to play fighting games like you wouldn't believe probably one of the best controllers for fighting games that game that game uh controller was so awesome and then you had the umd connection to it as well which i still have my um umd you know memory card as well um i'll never get rid of that <laughs> i always have it it is such an awesome thing because it was it was great it was a great gimmick it was a great gimmick for what it's worth like you play video you play certain games and then they have certain you know mini games within it like sonic adventures and you got the ko type of you know tamagotchi type of uh you know mini game on air you have power stone who had their own type of mini game as well so when you're not playing it you could you know utilize the games and all the stuff it's really awesome this is really really inventive it's probably one of the most innovative things that sega's ever done which is always pissed me off that the, the dreamcast never went off like it did before due to certain circumstances or whatnot so um log logitech i would also give them the credit too because when logitech first came onto the scene they impressed a lot of people with their playstation controller i believe it's playstation 3 at the time and then from that point they just kept making some awesome controllers from there so logitech definitely gets on my list with that i will give some other mentions to like third-party developers like mad cats there are a lot of people who think who don't like mad cats or whatever like no i depending on the controller i loved it like game controllers that allow you to have turbo i was all for those controllers so all for that so um so you know i i gotta give them credit and honestly the last one i'm gonna say is a two-on-one the psp and ps vita yeah they were handheld you know consoles but you technically they're also controllers as well and you know they did very well too like the ps vita was definitely built for fighting games and, and psp was definitely built for uh a whole bunch of games now the psp only had one analog controller and they managed to make their way around to that when it came to like camera control and everything i will one of the games is you know crisis core final fantasy which if you played the uh remastered version now then you know pretty much you know that <laughs> you have full control of the camera this time around which is awesome but before that you, you had to work around and you had to like hold the you know to move the camera around to some case you had to hold the r shoulder button and then move the analog stick around or whatnot They're, they managed to make it work but then when ps vita came out they had two analog control uh sticks to it and it worked greatly so I, you know, I ain't mad at that. I got to add them on because they, for what is worth, they made that work and it worked smoothly. It felt just like you were playing a PlayStation controller from there too. So those are my picks. Um, let me know what your picks are. I, I'm really curious as to what your favorite controllers are. I'll put that out on the ACMG uh, Facebook group as well. I wanna, I'm, I'm really interested in knowing what people thought their controller, um, their favorite controllers were from there. All right. Let's move on to some other news involving Nintendo and actually quite a few other uh, companies as well. Uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about Saudi Arabia, especially when involving the recent uh, situation involving the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. But it's an article that just came up that said that Saudi Arabia now owns 6% of Nintendo. 
Now, before anybody gets all up in the uproar, I'll explain why that's, you know, we are not going to vilify Nintendo for this. This is just the way things are. According to games, uh, to GameSpot, not GameStop, <laughs> according to GameSpot, Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund has bought more shares of Nintendo, which increases its holdings to 6.07%. The article also mentions that the PIF, again, public investment fund, also owns a sizable stake of in companies like Capcom, Nexum, uh, Koi Tecmo, Activision, EA, just name a few. There are more. Uh, it's it is making moves through their savvy gaming uh, group division or the SGG, and many many have actually uh, been against any business actions regarding Saudi Arabia due to their you know position in hu on human rights and the controversy involving the death of a U.S.-based journalist Jamal uh, Kasagi. Now, I will note here. That the reason why they're able to do this is because they're you know all these companies that they mention are publicly traded companies meaning anybody can come in and buy shares of that company and buy you know stock in that company um if that was i'm sure if it was up to those companies they will probably a lot of them will probably maybe not all of them, but some of them will probably opt out of wanting to do deals with that company. But because it's publicly traded, it gives anybody the right to buy shares into those companies. So it's not it's not in their control because once you go public, it's whatever. Whoever wants to buy, you have no say in who buys, you know, how many shares of your company. You just have to deal with it. And it, it, it's, it's just one of those situations that like, this is that's the part that sucks about the stock market you know um it's not about ethics it's about fairness and in the interest of fairness i guess you gotta add them to it as well i don't know to what end they would have to they would end up not being able to acquire stocks or whatever what unethical means that they would do if they you know whatnot but they own shares it is what it is um there's also an ongoing rumor floating around social media that Saudi is looking to acquire the WWE. That's been the biggest news going on so far. If you've been a wrestling fan, you know, if you're an avid wrestling fan, you know exactly what's going on here, but nothing has been confirmed to that yet. And in fact, recently TMZ has defunct those rumors because there was rumors going around that they have bought and, and, um, you know, the WWE, but they have not, uh, done any of that yet and there's still other people that are looking to grab it as well the belief is that saudi arabia acquires the wwe this could be a power move that could lead that could uh, lead to vince mcmahon being in power again of the company and making it private once again which i'm sorry like if if his intentions is to make it private that to me if i'm working for the wwe and i don't care what position whether i'm talent or staff or whatever and i'm looking to make it private i'm i'm worried because if you've been following what's been going on with vince mcmahon now and he's still trying to get back into that company to run that company the way he sees fit and without people getting in his business 
that's not good considering all that he is being accused for and all that he's done i would be worried if i'm anybody who has a w9 and a w2 side for the wwe i will be definitely because if he's trying to be make it private meaning he it's i'm sorry i gotta say this it's like having an abusive parent try to gain you know gain custody of you again knowing what they already did to you in the past and how abusive they were and they're trying to gain custody of you again with the means of not making sure that nobody gets in your business that's not good you can you can do the same thing for it's not good okay um regardless and if you're involved in saudi arabia too that's even worse it's just so bad so um it is what it is i mean it's six percent i wouldn't think nothing of it right now i think they're just it, it's it's very interesting that they're acquiring all these all these other companies which it's just i they obviously have a plan i don't know what plan that is but it's like it's kind of like they're leeching each individual company to trying to gain something more down the line there is a plan i don't know what it is we just need to keep track of it <laughs> okay so we will see what happens with that and uh let's just keep an eye open for that in the gaming world because the gaming world is being encountered by that type of situation i don't know what's going to happen to the gaming community we will see uh my i guess this is my last thing i want to give my thoughts on the speculation of what ed boom and netherrealm was planning recently we have been seeing posts made by uh, the official Facebook and Twitter uh, page for Mortal Kombat because they're celebrating their 30th anniversary in the history of Mortal Kombat and other games they developed for the company. By the company, I should say. Netherrealm. Many is speculating or are speculating an announcement for the uh, for something to come. I I'm kind of suspicious too because it's like, you know, yes, it's the 30th anniversary. But come on, you can't sell it. You can't celebrate the 30th anniversary without having some big announcement coming soon. When Street Fighter came, celebrated the 30th anniversary, they had a game. They had um they had a game that came out for it. They came out with the library for the game. Then they they recently celebrated the 35th anniversary of Street Fighter, and they had a whole bunch of stuff that they were you know doing to commemorate the you know the occasion, the milestone. I, I gotta believe that they are planning something too. Many are speculating that announcement is coming, possibly Mortal Kombat 12, or even some ports of their old titles coming back, hopefully for the Nintendo Switch as well, because I, I would love to play Mortal Kombat 9 again. I would love to play Mortal Kombat 10 on the Switch. I would love to play Injustice 1 and 2. Hell, even DC versus uh, Mortal Kombat Universe, or, or, or Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, or whatever like that. Like, people... People have crapped on that because they didn't have fatalities, but let's be real. That game was in fact the template to all of the recent NetherRealm games that we played so far. If not for how they came out, there has to be some success to that game. The way that they tell the story, the cinematic type of presentation that they provide all started there and then led to Mortal Kombat 9, which literally changed the game which led to all the other, you know, injustice and everything and such like that. All the great NetherRealm games that we got a chance to play. And another reason why I think they should 
really bring back or remaster some of these games especially for the switch it's because we we don't have kevin conroy anymore and that was some of our favorite games involving kevin conroy in that game as batman so they got some treasures among them why not bring it out and celebrate it and now for the switch owners we can play that on the go what better time than that so many are still wondering what will happen with the parent company as well we remember warner brothers discovery now thing and they they've been overseeing a lot of things that's been going on everything uh from the gaming industry to the studios and they made a lot of changes recently including dc studios which is now you know getting rid of the snyderverse and in this place a universe created by james gunn <laughs> okay nobody's complaining about that yet and no i don't think anybody will especially considering what he's already done but we'll see i'm just hoping we'll get an announcement in some form or fashion soon uh i thought mortal kombat 11 was a great success on all consoles including the nintendo switch i thought i love it on a nintendo switch i enjoyed it on a nintendo switch as well as the playstation 5. so um hopefully we'll get more and they've proven i think they were one of the first companies to prove that you can port a big game on the nintendo switch even though you changed it around and you know you had to make some changes it worked out greatly for people nobody complained about mortal kombat 11 on the nintendo switch it was awesome so there you have it folks that will do it for the news that is going on right now we're going to take a break come a comeback and enter the final stage as i do a versus review of samurai maiden and uh neptunia cross senra kagura ninja wars we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! have reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review not one but two games two games that are very similar to each other two games that are based on female ninja badasses so here we have samurai maiden developed by shade inc published by d3 publisher and is also an action rpg fighting and adventure game going up against neptunia cross cinema Kagoria, uh ninja wars Developed by Compile Heart, Tamsoft, Ideal, uh, Idea Factory, and Acquire. Published by Idea Factory and is also an action RPG fighting and adventure game. 
uh, the reason I'm putting these head to head because they are very similar, yet one does something better than the other. At the end of this, we'll figure out which one is the better one if you're interested in these type of games. So the new grading system that I'm doing is now based on categorical type of situations uh, to, to give a little bit more of an explanation of why I gave it the grade that it has. So now the categories that, you know, individual categories I'll be grading to get the full grade is now based on originality. It is character models, sound and music, uh, gameplay, fun factor, replay value, character performance. Uh, basically, if the game has voice acting, I will base it off of that. Some games will not require voice acting, so that category will be taken out of the grading process for that. And presentation also will play a factor. So each one of these categories will have its own individual percentage and grade that will accumulate to a final grade and will base it off there. So when I did this and tested it out, using an Excel sheet with a, uh, creating a formula that allowed me to get the grade point average on there worked out to my, to my means exactly the way that I needed to do. So it's going to be on these factors alone. It's a work in progress. There may be some categorical changes or whatnot down the line, but right now this is going to be it. If you've read other like media groups and stuff like that, you know that they have their own system just similar to this as well. Figure not just guess, the actual you know grade with which after doing the formula here it all measures up to my to what i felt about it anyway so um but i felt i wanted to give it a little bit more complex uh, a little bit more complexity to the grading system so from here on out this is how it's going to play so let's get started with samurai maiden samurai maiden was the primary game i was doing this for but i felt there were some pros and cons to this in a sense to the point that I wanted to add the Neptunia Cross Senora Kagura Ninja Wars game to a, a game that I've already owned, but I never reviewed. And I felt like because I'm like, I've, you play one Senra, Sen, uh, Senra and Kagura game, you played them all. I mean, despite the fact there was some significant differences to it because this is more of an action RPG game um, with some different aspects to it. It was just like, I played these games before. It's just no point. But considering that Samurai Maiden came out and they were they were trying to be this type of format. I was like, all right, let me compare and contrast. There were some things I didn't like about that game that I did like about the other games and you know in the and the past and whatnot. So we're gonna base it off of that and see which one I felt was the better one. If you're interested in this type of game genre and this theme, then hear me out. Let's talk about originality here. Originality, I gave it a grade of 60% uh you know basically it's damn near a d for this point because there's nothing really original about this um Sim uh samurai maiden the game mimics that of senra kagoria game series from the look the character design and theme and that's not a bad thing i mean if you played any of these type of games they're beautiful animation um animated it looks like anime that you control come to life such a, i mean just stunning the visuals are just stunning. You'll find it out when I talk about that in the character models. Um, the story focuses on a skilled swordsman named Sumogi, who from the 21st century, who somehow finds herself in the Sengoku period. She teams up with a trio of highly skilled ninjas, along with Oda Nobunaga, to defeat the dark threat known as the Demon Lord, which I could have sworn I used to call Oda Nobunaga that as well. So, you know, there's, there's something to look forward to. 
now not really you know the the story the premise of the story is fine it kind of reminds me inuyasha because that's exactly what kaguya <laughs> what happens to uh kagomi I'm, i mean she ends up falling into a, a different you know feudal japan period and you know ends up meeting inuyasha from time to time so i feel like that they kind of took from that in that sense but you know other than that it's just it's nothing really spectacular and as you go along the story just it, it really kind of drags in a sense there's nothing that really stands out from that aspect um so i get it i gave it a 60 percent for that no originality and the Sinra Kaguya game also i mean even though it's a crossover of neptunia and everything it really doesn't do anything for me it really doesn't um it's just combining two busty badass beauties with ninja skills together no it's, it's really really no really engaging story to either of these deals so got both of them i believe uh both got 60 percent for that um in terms of graphic uh graphics it gets 100 percent. both games provide beautiful stunning um or character model i should say not graphics but character models at best both of them beautiful anime manga style character models and environments with the stunning color palette the game uh, characters the uh the characters uh hair and articulate you know costume designs which flows upon movement loved all of that and this is on the nintendo switch by the way so you know again the power of the nintendo switch is really impressive with some of the things that they are able to do um so i was really impressed with that uh one thing i do i think i like um i gave him i gave samurai maiden a hundred percent to neptunia cross Sinra kagura 90 percent because i think they did a little bit extra with the character models there and the clothing and the textures and the flow and the layers that they did because i'll mention this later about that which you could what happens to the character um when you're in battle when samurai maiden so in terms of sound and music gave it 80 percent the music is what you'd expect from uh, a game based on feudal japan so you're going to hit all the feudal japan you know traditional music which is always beautiful and tranquil and soothing to listen to can also put you to sleep every once in a while because it's so good um the voice acting for this is in japanese so um i can't really like unless you're fluent in in, in the language it's hard to really tell whether the you know performances are good or not so but the sound and music and everything is i gave it 80 percent i also gave that to neptunia cross Sinra kaguri as well for that because i thought they did the exact same thing in that in terms of that gameplay gameplay this is where the change comes in samurai maiden to me i gave 70 percent ac pretty much for this much like the Sinra kaguya games there are a uh, um they they have a button layout for light and heavy attacks this uh, uh the ability to jump evade ninjas and within and require ninja skills and secret arts that's all there however you know it's not as it's not as smooth and, and fun to play as the Sinra kaguya games and in fact the gameplay i gave uh, i gave while well, i gave this a 70 i gave sinra kaguya neptunia across sinra kaguya in 85 but if because they're you know I, I think because of the crossover they decided to change 
the the game uh the control scheme and gave it you know a one button attack and a one button for ninja tools and and um projectiles and everything where the actual Sinra kaguya games plays a lot like the uh like samurai maiden and if that was the case if they did it like that i would have actually gave it a 90 percentile because i thought that all Sinra kaguya games are a lot of fun to play and very smooth playing it's very arcadey like um but because they kind of blended it in to make it i guess to make uh to differentiate from that and give it the crossover feel to give something to neptunia it, it gets an 85 it worked but it didn't work as good or is not as fun as the original uh Sinran kagura uh, kagura games in here so but you get to do all the same things but samurai made in, in this case i felt like it was lacking in a sense the the controls aren't as responsive like as you play through the game you will have you will be able to still upgrade your skills as well as you know the three ninja uh ninjas abilities and weapons that will help you plow through the enemies when playing um there also is a bonding system called uh devoted heart which is which if you manage to you know grow your relationship with your ninja partners uh you'll be granted more power and, and to help you get through the most challenging of foes you just got to get to love the chapter 15 in order to get that and it's after at first is not as easy and leveling up is a little bit of a it's a tedious thing for samurai maiden to do i'm not really a fan of it at all in this case um you also have the assist feature for a samurai maiden allowing you to uh control the three ninjas and use their special attacks to, um in ways to get through the stages uh however samurai maiden seems to lack the fluidity that the kaguya games are now with neptunia and, and samurai kaguya they allow you to like play as all the characters and that that's one of the things that makes that game more fun because you can't play as the other ninjas in samurai maiden you can only control them at times like and it's like king of fighters when you play the assist mode you have the assist you know breaker system and you could just activate it anytime to break something to break a little situation in this case you use them strategically throughout the game and their gauges you know grow as you go along it's okay but it's not as it is it doesn't work as fluid as it should or they wanted it to be whereas the neptunia cross cinema kaguya ninja war game you can just plow through everybody and then switch characters and you're playing as a totally different character i think that to me is a lot more fun than what samurai maiden was uh doing um and, and samurai, samurai maiden just you know when going through it it just felt unbalanced especially thanks to the camera issues and the lock-on features which it, they need to really patch that up it, it, it i really had a hard time enjoying the game because the camera you had to work the camera as you're still fighting and even if you put it on even if you lock it onto a character if you get away from that character it the lock on system feature stops so it, it, it's um it that's bad because the lock on feature which is a commonly used feature in virtually every action rpg game doesn't really work to your advantage here in this part and there are times where you end up in a bad situation or even damaging yourself because 
you're you're hanging on to one person but then you got people from behind you that's coming in and it's just not work it it doesn't work to the advantage there when uh targeting an enemy and stuff like that it's just it's atrocious <laughs> so evading is another issue with samurai maiden that i didn't like whereas evading on the other on the ninja wars game much easier more fluid a lot more fun to evade from there but the evading on samurai uh maiden it's it's another issue that i think they need to patch up because the it, the response time when you do it, it doesn't it doesn't respond when you hit the button and it just it feels like it lags because you're trying to invade and you hit the button and it, the response of the character doesn't evade fast enough you can get hit and when you get hit it takes a nice amount of energy like health from your gauge so you definitely need to be careful with that when using the assist mode in theory should also work but as you progress through the game you will see like the execution doesn't go well uh there's one particular ninja that you control when she holds up bombs and you're trying to you have a targeting you know uh you have a, like a targeting system in front of you to aim at the right place if if you put it at, a, at the wrong angle she'll end up tossing the bomb to you and you'll end up blowing up and you lose a ton of like um you know energy from your gauge and you and sometimes you even die because you're just you're in a bad place so that can be so annoying you know when, especially when you're trying to divert from enemies and such even using decoys you know and stuff like that replenishes you know to replenish your health one of the characters like if you are in a bind and you're low health you gotta uh, you know walk away from the enemies and one of your characters can give you a like sort of a jar which you know replenishes your health but you got to be in a certain spot to do it it sounds in theory it should work but it doesn't and just take it drags it, it takes away from the experience of the game and this is where we get to the fun factor because of those issues due to the lack of solid gameplay samurai maiden does drop the ball on the fun factor which is why i gave it up 75 percent you know uh in, in the grade point average it's pretty much a c plus the leveling up causes the game to be very slow pace um you know and the only true way to upgrade characters is by replaying the stages again but also upgrading the weapons and all of that can take time take its toll the bad part even worse but also note that there are no real side missions to this game uh other than the bubble encounters which are stages that you know you enter and, and try to escape in order to acquire new weapons and, and skills the only way you can play through the bubble encounter missions is if you level up your ninjas. And to do that, you have basically, you basically have to just replay all of the chapters that you already played again. The, four, the 15, 16 chapters or whatever that you got to play again, instead of just playing side missions to help you level up. And that's where Ninja Wars comes in because they do it a lot better on the fun factor. I gave it an 80 percentile for Ninja Wars. And I'm just going to say Ninja Wars from this point on, because saying Neptunia across Sin Rikagura is it's it's too much to say. So, uh, but Ninja Wars gets uh, 80 percentile here for that, because I thought they they do have side missions that help you level up a lot faster in, in the game and it helps you evolve the process and get more, you know, ninja arts and everything and to ever to grow everything. They, they have a skill tree system in there that is much better than um and, and, and it's it's more elaborate 
than it is for Summer I Made It in there. Um, I, I, the one good feature I will say that adds to the fun factor of uh, Summer I Made It is that they have a photo mode, which is a little, just a slightly above average and better than some of the other games I reviewed prior to. Um, while you can only, it only has minimal of features, they do help to produce some pretty good picks. Um, the camera control rears his ugly head once again. Unlike other photo modes, they don't have a way to just change the camera so you can maneuver the camera around and capture the right angle, which makes it a little bit harder to do. So it, it kind of, while it's cool, it's also, it messes up on that aspect. There's only one filter, no post selections, but they do have up to 27 frames that you can add on to it as well. So, um, yeah, I, I gave that a 75% for the fun factor overall, where I gave Ninja Wars 80% to that measure. Um, replay value also gets a 70%. Like with everything lacking about the game, it's hard to, for me to want to jump back in once the game ended it was just it, it's beautiful to look at but it's just it's it's just it, it just wasn't fun it just the re, like something needs to be fun you you'll want to play it again this was not one of those games i wanted to play so 70 percentile for that um 85 for ninja wars lots of you know it's not the best sinron kagura game that i've ever played not by far but it's still fun and it still captures the essence of the previous you know games while adding the neptunia aspect to it as well so it was still a lot more solid fun factor and i did have a lot more replay value towards it as well so um character performances again i mentioned this because they didn't have they were all in japanese it's hard for me to tell whether the japanese performances were good or not i can't um did it sound good for the game yeah i kind of gave it a, like a 70 percentile for that but without really knowing fluent japanese i can't really tell this is the part this is the thing i, I issue i have with anime fans with anime uppity fans who tend to want to you know cherish the subs and and, and 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 really you know advocate to the subs but what you're advocating to is the subtitle because you don't know japanese you're not fluent in Japanese to really say whether the performance is good or not. The performances could be utterly bad. So to me, you're just being pretentious. I'm not going to say that the Japanese dubbing here and in, in the, in the performances are good because I don't know. I don't speak the language. So no, I can only read the subtitles and tell you whether the dialogue is good or not. But I can't tell you whether the performances are good. But it sounded like it was good so i by by default i gave it like a 70 percent on both games because both games have you know both games actually has the same thing they only have japanese audio in there so by default i gave it a 70 percent i don't know to what end is whether it's good or not i just don't know and just the overall presentation of the game um i you know i gave it a 90 percent you know the anime style of the game helps make it a little bit more enjoyable to play through but having beautiful stages and character the uh, models and designs is just not enough to make this game achieve a high score overall hopefully a patch update or two will actually help the game's balance uh more we'll see down the line this game just came out so i will say that um 
one of the things i do appreciate about the game is how and this is what i was mentioning before about why i like the character models um how sumugi's clothing appears to have battle damage throughout the game uh sumugi's you know face also appears to be dirty to recognize that she's been through a battle on the dirt path of the sengoku era so i did like that i absolutely did like that aspect to it um it brought a little bit more uh, presentation to that but other than that it just the, the overall game just did not work for me um as well as i would like to for it to have and therefore the final grade for it after all this it got the overall grade was a 76.9 percent after everything i did which yes in fact gives it a c plus um whereas i gave whereas the the um results of uh neptunia cross Sinra kaguria ninja wars came up to a 80 percent which gave it a b minus so in fact neptunia cross Sinra kaguria ninja wars is the better game if you wanted to go after that if you and here's the thing if you own a nintendo switch because they don't have too many Sinra kaguria games for some stupid odd reason even though there are a bunch of them out right now on a PlayStation 4 that could have easily ported over. And I know there are better games than that on there. But um, if you wanted to, I mean, like, I would hold off on uh, Samurai Maiden. I honestly, I would. I, I really would. Um, I would give Neptunia across Samurai Kaguya a try. It's a little bit more fun to play. And. The gameplay aspect is just the replay value is a little bit more fun it, it really is so um you know but if you really want to go to on a playstation and play the other ones they are much more fun to play there much more enjoyable i'm a big i i, I want to say a big cinema kaguria fan but i am a fan of the uh the series and the anime so you know it is worth checking out these anime for cinema kaguria is on Netflix, uh, not Netflix, it's on uh, Crunchyroll. Both series is out there now, so you can go check it out as well. But if you're into that, this I would go to Ninja Wars, definitely. That one got a B minus. Samurai Maiden, maybe, hopefully, a patch or two will fix that or some little additions to it because it just felt like for the money that it costs, it, it didn't provide for you not nearly what you should get or what you get out of the other Ninja Wars game. Or any of the Sinra Kaguya games. Um, I forgot to mention Sinra Kaguya, uh, Neptunia across Sinra Kaguya has also mini games as well. So it, it's they give you a lot more for that than you get out of this. So there you have it, folks. Folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. I hope you enjoyed this episode as well as every episode that we have here on Talk Time Live. Again, we will not have a show this week because i'm going to be celebrating my birthday this weekend so you know thank anybody in advance my my true friends not the shady fake friends and family out there have <laughs> who uh who looked out for me and you know really celebrate my road so thank you so very much for that you know and um i had a great year in 2022 and hopefully we can keep this road going 2023 see what's going to happen here but uh so far so good <laughs> just just starting so we'll talk about that um games that we will be talking about next uh in the next few weeks um we got well here's the deal when i come back i am actually going to try to do a maybe i'll do a prime show during next week because i do want to try to get a chance to see house party and do a review on that um i'll 
you know, so hopefully we'll get to do that. But in the coming weeks, you know, for select start, I will be reviewing Ruby Arrow Fell. Uh, in week, I believe January 27th, I'm going to review for Spoken. February 3rd, I'm going to do Sports Story, which I'm currently playing right now. March 3rd, Like a Dragon, uh, Ish, uh, Ish, uh, and then in June, uh, there may be games coming down the line from there, of course. We got, I mean, we got April and May, but um, these are the games I picked up right now. But June 6th, uh, will also be Street Fighter 6. I'm that's the one I'm most anticipating for this year. And of course, we also have the new Bardock expansion, so we'll be um talking about that as well. So stay tuned. I may add that along with the um Ruby Arrowfell game as well. So which one of the two may be the main uh deal, and I may do the other one within the actual segment piece. So we'll see. Um But actually I'll probably do the Bardock one and then the final stage will be Ruby. But um both of those may be the ones I do next week. So we'll see. We'll we'll find out for there. But thank you again, everybody. If you love this episode and every episode, please go check out talktomlive.com. All of our audio interview, our, I'm sorry, all of our audio episodes, our video exclusives and our audio interview exclusives are all there. Easy for you to find. There's a search engine on the podcast page. You can find exclusive interviews or any reviews that I've done. You can check it out there. You can also go in an uh, exclusive video page. All of our in- video interviews is going to be there, and I got more coming. Trust me, stay tuned for that um, in the coming months, uh, guaranteed. Then we also have the media page. I did some panels for Repop. You can check out there Bleach, um, My Hero Academia, the OG Pokemon. That time I got reincarnated as a slime. All there. I wish they had the, uh, the, naruto q a that i did that was hilarious that was a lot of fun working with molly and yuri lowenthal and the, and the uh, gang there and uh it's just so much fun um but all of that is up there you can see clips and all that stuff there you can see my blog page with so much content there to check out um as well and much much more if you are a subscriber to audio podcasts as well and you subscribe to all of those platforms we are everywhere where podcasts are played, including, yes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. If you're on Tumblr, you can check us out there. Go on the search engine, type Talk Time Live. You can follow me there as well. You want to follow me, speaking of which, you could go on to our ACMG Facebook group by typing in facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1. You know, meet new friends. This should be the year that we should all try to meet new friends and reacquaint ourselves and socialize again and be positive and toxic free you know acmg is going to be that place for you it always has been that place for everybody else so let's start to make changes from that there and make social media what it was meant to be or what it should be for that matter you can also check me out on instagram at dexavier underscore josiah there as well and you never know where i'm going to be and never know who's going to be on this show so stay tuned for that That'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dex Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great and safe weekend, people.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.